Hi, I'm Kim Rickards, professional superglue and co-creator of Manifest. Manifest is a global platform with the vision to empower professionals of color to make connections and build intentional community to manifest careers, dreams, and goals. In this podcast, we will nurture, inspire, connect, and elevate our listeners through relevant stories and conversations. Now, let's Manifest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Manifest. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with the host of the top-rated Trailblazers FM podcast and the creator of Brand New Academy, Stephen A. Hart. Stephen, welcome to Let's Manifest. Hello, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy that you're here because I was looking forward to this episode because usually you're in my seat asking the questions. (laughs) And today we get to switch. Yes. So now I'm going to have the ability to get a little bit more in your head and for us to talk through, you know, what's it like in terms of you being an entrepreneur, a marketer, brand strategist, dad, husband, like all these cool things and why you've chosen to help guide, you say, 10,000 heart-centered entrepreneurs through a proven process. I need to know about this proven process that builds an amazing (laughs) personal brand and business. Yes, yes. I'm like, you're going to give me all the secrets today. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything that I missed that you'd want to call out before we get started? Yeah, so I appreciate that introduction. Uh, I, I love to start every conversation I have, whether it's on trailblazers or conversations like this from a place of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm most grateful for being a proud husband, as you touched on to Kristen, uh, we've been married over 12 years and together, um, we're blazing trails, right? And the biggest part of that involves parenting two crumb snatchers. We have a, <laughs> a, a 10 year old daughter and a six year old son. And, and then that's how you have a dog too. Yeah, Don't I have a, I have a, a daughter and a dog. <laughs> and a son. Yeah, we we adopted. We actually rescued a a, a seven year old dog um, almost a year ago, and she's wow. become part of the family as well. And as you touched on, you know, I'm from Jamaica. Um, right. I, I like to say I was made in Jamaica and came of age in the US. I've been here for <laughs> a little bit over 27 years now, which is surprising. Yeah. Um, and. By day, I do marketing in 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 the world of cybersecurity. Uh, manage a, a cyber defense curriculum for the world's largest cybersecurity training provider. And because I'm Jamaican and that's just not enough, you know, I I also went ahead and created an online self-paced course called Brandy Academy, as you touched on. So that's that's parts of my world. That's parts of your world. You've been busy for sure. Yes. Well, I have to say, so you say that you were made in Jamaica, and I would have to say that I I guess I was made here in the U.S., although in my mind I was made in Jamaica. So, you know, it's one of those things, (laughs) it's one of those things that I, although I am, you know, an American citizen, Mm -hmm. I identify more so with my Jamaican heritage. I love it. So for me, I'm like, I just live here. (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) my heart's in Jamaica um, and all my Jamaican friends and family would agree with that one. But I am so happy that we're going to spend this time together, as I said. And because, you know, you can't just run in 
to a conversation. You have to have some sort of a like preamble. A warm up. Yeah. You know, you just <laughs> you have some some little build up. So we're gonna play a game. And this is one of the times when you can say whatever comes to mind and it will be appropriate. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is gonna be uncensored and clean fun. Ready? Yeah, man. All right. Sure. Let's go with Nickel. Oh, well, hold on. The game is called This or That. Okay. That, that, that. Now, Nickelodeon or Disney? Disney. Disney? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like, as a former Viacom employee. <laughs> I'm a just... Disney Plus junkie so much oh, right I... now that I don't even turn on Netflix anymore. I'm like watching... <laughs> Marvel and Star Wars. And oh, man. So it goes beyond the princesses for me. Yeah, I mean, and Disney, definitely Disney Plus has gotten my coin, so I can yeah. understand it. They have some classics, I can't lie. What about Diffuser or Candle? Candle. Apple or Samsung? Apple. Absolutely. I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm looking at like a million <laughs> Apple devices as a top. <laughs> you right now. Right. I'm like, I'm on an Apple device as we are talking now. What about fruits or veggies? Fruits. Pool or ocean? Ocean. Board games or video games? Board games. Newborn or toddler? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, newborn. Mm. Earth or Mars? Earth. I'm choosing Mars because I don't know what's going on with Earth right now, but there's Why am I tell you? <laughs> there's too much going on here. Yeah. Too much going on here. But again, this is just a, a fun way for us to start this conversation and I'm sure you realize that wasn't too bad, right? No, that, was, that was I enjoyed that. You enjoyed it, which is cool. And Stephen, you know, you've accomplished quite a bit during mm. your career, right? Yeah. So Listeners are going to continue to learn a little bit more about that, but I wanted us to start the conversation with advice that you would give to your 18-year-old self. Ooh. Uh, take it a day at a time. Uh, mm. You know, uh, when I was about that age, actually a bit, little bit younger, uh, a, a relative of mine said, hey, you know, focus in on what yeah i was 16 years old and he was like focus in on what you're doing this year because it impacts 17 and focusing on 17 it impacts 18 and you know and and so on and so forth right and i never quite got the message until mm -hmm. i was in my mid-20s and i realized you know you you really need to focus in and not get ahead of yourself mm -hmm. and and try to focus too much down the road like right. live for the moment because it all goes by so quickly. It really does. It really does. I last night was chatting with some friends of mine and for whatever reason, I was on, I think it was Pinterest actually. And they served me a ad that showed a dormitory. And I was like, wait a second. When did dorm rooms get this big? Because when I was in school, <laughs> the rooms were not that big. And then a girlfriend of mine, we started talking about some of the things we wish we would have done mm. in college. And we're like, yeah, we should have really been more in the moment. Because in college, we were so focused on getting out. Mm -hmm. 
and then now we're out and now we're kind of trying to go back um <laughs> but it's like yeah that's good advice for you for you to be in the moment for you to not get ahead of yourself and to understand that everything really is a building block yeah absolutely is yeah so as you have had so many different moments in your career what's the one thing you wish you would have known when you began mm. <laughs> where where i was going <laughs> uh, I, I never had anybody that helped me to gain some clarity on mm what I really wanted to do. I'm, I'm from a family of entrepreneurs. My dad's mm -hmm. run a business for 40 years. My mom's always had a side hustle in right. some capacity. And so I, I knew I always wanted to do something in business, mm -hmm. but I literally came, got out of college and I probably had a dozen jobs in three years. Wow. That's and a lot. I could not steer, you know, I just knew I, I sort of had an idea that a, me and monotonous tasks, rules, it just wasn't going to work. I'm so entrepreneurial and so wired to the challenge and the change. And yeah, I, I've, I've done everything. Um, and I, I wish somebody had actually helped me to sit down and think through uh, the longer term vision of what would you ideally like to do, right? So is it entrepreneurial? And then kind of reverse engineer that pathway, which is what has has really led to my success today now that I've figured that out. Right. I wish I had somebody that kind of held my hand and walked me through that exercise at an earlier stage. And so funny because we see the push nowadays with everyone talking about, you know, mentors and, getting a career coach and all these things. And I don't know about you, but I know that that wasn't so prevalent. It was always there, but mm -hmm. I don't remember the message being as important when I started my career as it is, I would say now. Yeah. Right. To get that guidance. Well, today is also so much different, right? There's so yeah. much more noise today than uh, e even 10 years ago, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I think. Um, and today you have access to almost too much information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a matter of trying to filter through because you're right. We are over processed when it comes to information. It's it a lot. It's a lot of overwhelm. A lot. And a lot of what I would even go as far as to say, sometimes a lot of what we're getting is mixed messaging because on one end, you know, someone may say, start the business, you know, do it on your own. And it's all about building yourself. And then on the other end, someone will be saying, there's no I in team, you know, like how to build a proper team. You need a, you need a coach, you need a this, you need a that. Mm -hmm. So it can become quite mixed, you know, if you, if you don't necessarily know how to sort through, I can see how people would be overwhelmed and confused as to where to go and who to talk to. And when and it, do you talk to these people? Cause that's the next comes thing. back to the benefits of that roadmap, right? Right. Right. Get you a roadmap to all yeah. the listeners, <laughs> <laughs> get you a roadmap or create your own roadmap. And yeah. speaking of roadmaps, 
you're on a mission, as I said, when I started this conversation, right? So I'm on a mission. You're on a mission. But what led to you being on a mission specifically for this group of people and then for you to want to help them build authentic, impactful, and profitable brands? Yeah. So it it probably dialed back to... And I, I don't necessarily want to live in this, but it, it it's important that I, I probably share um, that I'm a serial entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in my mid-20s, um, late, mid to late 20s, I started a business that got really successful and sort of my goal, you know, at, the t- at that point in time was material. I, I wanted to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. <laughs> and I was chasing that goal and I was actually, um, you know, I pretty much achieved that goal at 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found myself, Kim, uh, in 2008, um, hearing, you know, and, and having that confirmation that I'd achieved a goal. And almost within months, um, I got married in June of, of 08. Um, and literally three weeks after a six figure wedding, um, and promising my wife, uh, a million dollar brownstone, um, we got into the summer of 2008 and my business collapsed. Oh, uh, we lost, you know, several million dollars in our business. Um, all the cards came crushing down. I found myself, we had a, del- we got married in, in Ocheros in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And we had a honeymoon in Tahiti three weeks after, and I was about to board a ship and I had, you know, customers of mine calling, flipping out at me, um, and getting threatened, you know, um, getting threatened, dealing with potential lawsuits. Right. So the business just completely went upside down. Um, I started a marriage going from being financially sound to literally, and like I said, promising a brownstone mm-hmm. and a month later saying, Hey, can you cover the rent? Um, wow. and that carried on for, you know, uh, a good year and a half until things sort of corrected course. And we rebuilt that business. It's important for me to share that, right? Because, right. um, you know, that was, that was 12 years ago. I'm still married to that amazing bride of mine. Um, (laughs) and you know, fast forward to now it has reframed the human that I am and the importance that I shared with you at the beginning of the the show of my focus, right. And, and my identity being a proud husband and the best dad ever, um, because prior to in that past version of Steven, he was focused on the things that are material, mm. um, which flow like water. They come right. and they go. Right. Um, and it, it was in that season that, you know, I realized what was really important. Um, and it was the things that money can't buy. Right. So um, the things that I get up for each and every day, um, especially now, revolve a lot around our kids. Mm. Um, my daughter is the big inspiration behind the trailblazers podcast that you know i've i have so much pride um around today um and all that we've accomplished but she was 
four years old and I'm looking on media and it's not much different than it is today. Um, some five years later, which is sad. Uh, but when you look at mainstream media, Kim, um, the association, the positive association of black people, um, is, is very negative. Yes. Um, and, um, the, the range of positive association is limited. Generally, we're talking sports and music. Right. We are not seeing accomplished Black professionals in business, in, in entrepreneurship, um, in other areas. Um, and I knew that I needed to change that path because I live in Maryland outside of D.C. And I'm walking into daycare every day at that point in time. And I'm bumping shoulders with the black CEO of this company, or, you know, I'm 43. So at this point, a bunch of my peers are at the peak of their, their, their passion, right? Their career. And right. so I have friends who are leading, you know, top ranked in the military or running amazing businesses. And I thought, why am I not telling their stories? I want my daughter to look at and hear someone that looks and sounds just like her living out their greatest passion, right? Mm -hmm. um, so long way of answering that question, you know, the inspiration for me to do what I'm doing started at home, mm -hmm. started serving me, right? As a dad wanting the best for his, right. by putting out that content for trailblazers as our audience began to expand, I would receive dozens and still do, you know, anywhere from five to 15 people will reach out to me on a weekly basis saying, Hey, you know, I'd love to come on your podcast. I only have a, a, I have a weekly podcast. So <laughs> I, I bring on 40, 45 people a year and, um, and then the rest are, you know, solo episodes or other things that we do. And so I have a limited scope in terms of people I can bring on, but the people that would reach out to me, Kim, they would miss the mark. Mm -hmm. They would not have uh, those little things in place that tell the story about who they are. And, you know, they're, they're, they're pitching instead of leading with value. And mm -hmm. as a brand strategist, as a marketer, um, those are the things that I do. And so it, it came to a place where I was like, you know what? I actually know how to do this. I do it every day for, uh, you know, employment. And so I created that self-paced course with that mission that, you know, I can do my part to impact the world and, and change those 10,000 people. Um, and they go on to do the same, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd have impacted the world in, in my own way. Right. And you continue to. So, you know, you talk about gratitude and I have to say thank you for doing that, for doing the course, for having the podcast, for just letting your daughter inspire you to get something done. Yeah. You know, because I think sometimes and I'm not a parent yet. However, I do think sometimes the biggest struggles parents do have is exactly what you're talking about. The mm -hmm. fact that there is not proper positive representation so that their kids can actually feel that they can attain the level of success that others have. 
Mm-hmm. You know? And parents struggle with that. They struggle with it because they don't want, especially, I would say, parents right now in the world that we're in, they're definitely rethinking how they, uh, what's the word I'm trying to look for? How they guide Mm -hmm. (laughs) their children in their decision-making processes, whether the kids are, you know, school age being elementary all the way through university level, right? Parents are doing, I would say, a more strategic approach in what they are exposing their children to because they don't want kids to think that, (laughs) you know, Uh, there's not a, there's, there's only one way to go or there's only certain people that truly can be successful and you don't have to be, like you said, a rapper. You know, last season on the podcast, I actually spoke with an actual artist and Ludwig, he is a Cameroonian impressionist artist, right? And he said that his story goes every time he met someone And he said, I'm an artist. They asked him what genre of music. And he was like, no, I'm not a rapper. (laughs) Wow. That's not what I do. I'm actually an artist, you know? And he mentioned that it was very much enlightening to him when he came to this country and saw how people viewed Black people as limited to only certain mm-hmm. careers, right? And it's yeah. like, okay, you're tall. You might as well play basketball. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? <laughs> what What does that even mean? You know, or you have an athletic build. So naturally, you may think that that's the route that people should go in. And it's like, no, there's so much more that's available to us as a people. And we're not monolithic where we are just, exactly. you know, like, come on, come on. But yeah. You know, I, I chuckled a little bit earlier and you talked about parenting and being strategic. And I would just add, the, you know, add, add an exception to 2020 where I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure every parent listening right now, we're just trying to survive um, <laughs> yeah. and, and get to the next day. Right. Um, I, I often share Kim, and this is good advice for when, when you do become a parent at some, some point in the future, um, parenting is the hardest job in the world with no prior work experience, right? (laughs) (laughs) It really is. And so, um, it's, it's, it is the most rewarding without question. Um, but you know, there's, there's no clear path. And everyone will give you advice and you'll end up with a kid that just needs what you have to give and not what anybody else, mm-hmm. you know, what worked for anybody else's kids, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the journey as well, knowing what works for you. Yeah. Um, and, and this is why even these conversations are important because as listeners hear us have this conversation, they will learn what works for me, you know, and possibly what does work or what has worked for you may work for them or they can mm-hmm. pull certain things. Exactly. Say, okay. And now you have this entire new menu yes. of offerings that you may not have realized before. So that you can feast on. 
<laughs> manifest on it. Absolutely. Manifest on it. <laughs> um, let's talk about brand strategy, right? So as a brand strategist, what are some cool things that you've seen brands do specifically this year? Because we are in a very interesting time. Mm. So I can even share um, in in the world of, of cybersecurity and, and what we're doing. Um, we offer training and um, it, it's been a year that we've taken the approach to, to step back and make sure that we are providing tons of free resources, right? Mm -hmm. To help people where they are. So we talked about uh, just a second ago, we talked about uh, parents right now dealing with being home, working from home, having kids now in school in distance learning mode. And, you know, the, 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 the function of, of life has flipped the script, right? Like everything is on its head. And, um, and we've just taken an approach to, you now the, the training we provide is on the Ritz-Carlton level within cybersecurity. It's very expensive training. Mm -hmm. um, but we've said, hey, you know what? Let's let's take an approach to meet people where they are. Let's let's we we can't be in a in a live setting anymore. Um, let's see how we can step into somebody's space with what they have right now. Adjust our training um, to and so this side of branding right speaks to the experience, mm -hmm. um, speaks to how you message, um, and you know we looked at that experience and said, hey, you know how can we provide whether it's it's additional webcasts, it's free training, it's more resources, it's the, the, the type of virtual events that help move that needle for that person, that cyber defender or that pen tester. Um, what I've seen a lot of people do outside of that, Kim, is they've embraced uh, the world of Zoom, right? Mm -hmm. That we are all kind of almost hurling on a bit right because you live in zoom from morning till night right um, but you know I, I relate that in many ways to how amazon has taught us to shop i think zoom has taught us how to accept video in a different way before we would consume content via youtube right. and we'd be watching but now we are on the screen all the time right. and we've gotten accustomed uh, to, to seeing ourselves and engaging and communicating in that way. And I've seen people who before would never want to turn on a video. And <laughs> my, my wife is a perfect example of that, right? Like if I was on a FaceTime, if I'm traveling and I'm FaceTiming, she'd turn the phone on and hand it to the kids. She'd never <laughs> want to be on a video. And now I'll be on FaceTime and she's like, who you're talking to? She'll grab the phone and talk. And that's, that's an example of, um, you know, the direction we're moving in and you're seeing more and more brands also embrace that leveraging live streaming, right? Yes. Uh, pretty much every time you open IG at this point, there are two people having a conversation on, <laughs> on an IG story, right? Mm -hmm. Or uh, on a live stream on LinkedIn or, or any other platform. And I think it's, again, looking at where eyeballs are going and meeting people where they are. Um, and so, uh, even in a podcasting space, I've seen great success in, in this year. And I've seen a couple examples of mentees of mine 
who are now going to be mentoring me because they've embraced the video and they're doing phenomenal things uh, with their platforms because they were open to, to that right out the gate. And um, again, um, taking advantage of some of that allows you, because from a marketing standpoint, it all starts with awareness, right, Kim? Right. Awareness leads to that engagement, which leads to that conversion in the case of podcasting, getting that that person to consume your content and then really building your tribe to where you have the advocate that's going to go out and spread the word beyond where you can. Right. And, um, and I think that's a great way of seeing people expand in this season, uh, get outside the comfort zone and, and embrace uh, what is available there and what we are now becoming more and more accustomed to and, and using that to, to bring eyes to their offering. It's funny you mentioned Zoom because you're totally right. Zoom went from being something that most corporate people may have been familiar with to now everyone's familiar with Zoom, right? Yeah. And it's in your personal and your professional life. So you have parties on Zoom, you're having <laughs> baby showers, weddings, even funerals. Like it's really being a, a part of every single moment almost. So you, you're, you're on Zoom during the day for work or for school because even schools are using this now, right? Yeah. And, and I do believe schools, university levels, they were already using it. And some people that were um, remote students, they were already familiar with like a Zoom or Google Meet. Meet and all these different other platforms that exist. However, again, during this time, many more eyes have been exposed to it indirectly because I don't be, I don't remember getting served any Zoom ads I just knew that when meeting invites started to come through, they were coming through with Zoom as the dial-in, mm -hmm. right? So it was an indirect change. But to your point, it was done so well because I remember when it was a news story and they were like, Zoom has to update their securities because people are just, <laughs> they weren't expecting so many people to be using the platform the way that they were. Yeah. They, had to, they had to say, you know what, we have Party. to protect. Yeah, we have to protect all the people that are using this because one, we want them to continue to use our product, but we want them to have a safe experience as well. Right? Oh my gosh. I've been on Zoom, by the way, for the last two or three years. I've done so much more podcast interviews prior to COVID on Zoom. And yeah. so even two days ago, my wife was asking me, uh, about some of the settings and I jumped in and I'm like, oh my gosh, like there is so much more mm -hmm. involved in the features and the functionality of the platform. It just continues to evolve. But I think that Zoom is a great brand example of what the question you asked, right? Mm -hmm. I think a big part of, of Zoom's success was the positioning, right? Because you look at what was out there, uh, even a couple of years ago, I mean, shouldn't that have been Skype? Well, right. Shouldn't yeah. that have been Skype? Because you think Skype has been around for 20 years, <laughs> right? 
and had all the capabilities, you know, had had the, the backbone and should have had the, the functionality to be there. But Zoom has, you know, really looked at those those areas, those gaps, those voids, and yeah. that really those opportunities, right, to, to capitalize. And they started, as you said, capturing the eye of the universities, capturing the eye of the, the media, right? Uh, there's so many podcasters that were leveraging Zoom coming into the pandemic and, and other sectors, other industries. So when this all fell apart, it wasn't like they just came out, out of nowhere. They were no. positioned and they were prepared. And yeah, the security caught them off guard. Nothing's ever perfect. Right. But I, I, I wish I could go back to February and buy Zoom stock. <laughs> well, I'm not complaining. I'll say that because, because I remember getting a text from one of my friends who told me early on, he's like, this is one you should watch. And I'm like, okay. You know, and yeah, I'm glad I listened. Um, the, the, the thing that's so interesting with all of the the things that brands are doing that are cool, what's very interesting is that some brands, they are not doing good at all, right? There's no. some things that they could be doing better. So what are a few things you'd advise brands to do better? Um, so a, a big Part for me in, in the work that I do is is really focused on the individual, right? And and focus on the personal brand. And I, I look at the corporate side, but speaking even to the individuals, I think we 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 touched on this earlier, right? Uh, where I talked about really kind of the the mission and the vision and who I wanted to serve. I think there is a lack of clarity around that, around having a solid brand foundation. Right. We don't go and, and say we're going to build a house. You go buy a piece of land and, and you say, oh, I'm going to build a house. And the first thing you do is buy kitchen cabinets. <laughs> no. Right, Kim? You, you have to build a solid foundation for that house. Uh, that's the first thing you do. And I, I, I will train my clients uh, to build a, a brand foundation on a formula I call A plus MVP which represents your audience, your mission, your vision. Mm -hmm. And and the fourth P kind of involves a couple of things, right? Your product, um, making sure it's profitable, uh, making sure you have priority in, in place in terms of what you want to do. Because the entrepreneurial mind generally has about 70 things that are on our table. Absolutely. And that, you know, all the shiny lights and, and we don't know what we need to do first, second, third. And so it, it's, it's really getting clarity on that. When I talk about vision, I'm talking about the long-term goals. Mm -hmm. So I'm 43 now in 30 years from now, when I'm in my seventies and hopefully I'm on a beach chair somewhere on the North coast of Jamaica, relaxing on a beach. <laughs> What would I want to look back on my life and be happy that I'd accomplished? And for your listeners right now, if you're doing this exercise, I want you to remove all of the, the limitations, all of the present restrictions. Just think openly and think wild thoughts, right? This right. is your wild thought time to, to think about what would I really want to accomplish? And then from there, you begin to reverse engineer that process to your mission, the short term tasks and things that you need to do to get to that vision, right? So I have a, 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 
a, an exercise I'll have my, my clients do um, their 10-year hacks. So when we have clarity on that 30-year vision, we take you know the steps back to say, all right, if that's what 30 years out from now looks like, what needs to happen in the next 10? Where, what, what would I like to do in the next 10 that's going to help me get to that 30-year vision? And you write out the, what I call those big, hairy, audacious goals, your B-hacks. Oh, my goodness. That's, yeah. I, I remember, I literally was going to say, are you talking about big, hairy, audacious goals? Big, hairy, audacious goals. <laughs> One of my and, managers used to say that all the time. Continue. Yeah. And and so when you have those B-hacks, right? When, when I did my... It, I, I first did a, a BHAG exercise back in 2016. And I said, Stephen, what would you want to accomplish by 2026? Well, some of the things on there involved uh, having, you know, done a thousand interviews on Trailblazers, having getting on stage and, and speaking to audiences and their, their markers in terms of dates, how big the audience gets. Um, there are goals to author my first book, start a foundation. And and there are a bunch of things that I want to accomplish, right? Mm-hmm. And now, year to year, I don't need to wait till January 1st to set New Year's resolutions, right? My my focus is on that 10-year hack. So what am I doing this year that's going to position me to get to some of those goals, right. to, to check them off? This year, this, this this past December, uh, unfortunately, my dad had a stroke in four days before Christmas, oh, and it it shut the podcast down. Right, I I got to January sixth of this year, and for the first time in four years, I'd published to that point, I'd published an episode each and every Monday morning for two hundred and five weeks. Wow! Never missed a never missed a morning a Monday morning at five, and I I laid on my dad's got my dad home from the hospital. Uh, called my producer and I said, hey, there's nothing here. I have nothing to pour out. Absolutely nothing. Need to pause the show. And I remember recording an episode, episode 205, on the living room floor in my dad's house, broken. Mm. Um, Mentally just, you know, checked out. And, um, you know, I went, and the episode was titled A Time to Be Still. And it was somewhat prophetic because... I did not know. I thought maybe a month or two later, I'd come back online and then COVID hit. And then, you know, my, my wife had some, some health challenges in the summer, not COVID related. And it was just like a, a, a snowball of 2020 yeah. um, here. And um, it got to the summer point came where I was like, Stephen, what's happening? Right. Um, there's so much that I'm still going through even now. But I was able to look at that BHAG uh, coming out to the spring, into the summer, and, and it was my compass. It, it, it was able to kind of show me north, right? And I was able to look back and, and start to reflect on, hey, is this, just, is this still the list? Is this still the things that you're passionate about accomplishing and wanting to get done? And big part of you having that foundation is making sure that you understand why you want to do the things you want to do. Because when times get tough and they will, and they will, and they will, you need to make sure you understand why these things are important to you. 
because at that point I in the summer I was like absolutely these are the things that I want to do and I was able to start the wheel turning again right instead of just throwing the towel in as you might do if you don't have clarity on what you're wanting to do and why right and so last week I was able to relaunch Trailblazers and start the wheel again. And, you know, it, 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 (laughs) let me tell you, if, if there were, I mean, there are like a million events and instances of fear and imposter syndrome and limiting beliefs and, you know, everything that could stand in my way. Um, and, and, you know, yet still we pushed on. Right. Um, so brand wise, I, I'm going to, I'm not going to talk about the fluff of where everyone would want to go with brand identity. Right. Um, I think living in a solid foundation, getting extremely clear on your message, putting everything down on paper. I had a conversation with two young mentees this afternoon. And in one of the calls, I just told him, look, you know, open Evernote because you need to get everything you have in your head right now on paper. Because, Kim, you cannot edit what you have in your mind. You can't you can't do anything with it. The idea that's in your mind, you need to get it out of your head and onto paper so that you can read it. You can begin to focus on it. You can begin to turn it and twist it and rework it. You can share it with somebody and get the feedback and allow that to influence how you adjust and twist things around and see if that idea even sound right when it come out of your mouth. Right. Right. Uh, So, but, and, and make sure that it's clear because if you confuse, you lose. And so if if you spent two, uh, if you focus on two areas of your brand, Creating that solid foundation and clarifying your message, I think, you know, you're doing yourself justice. And and your audience. You're doing your audience justice, saving them the time of trying to figure it out because you've yeah. thought through it, right? And I would say definitely plus one to everything you've said because knowing your why is what really keeps you going because, like you said, life happens, and when it happens, it, it happens, there's so much that can come at you and it's unexpected and, you know, you have to deal with it. But instead of getting discouraged, instead of allowing all the things that could be blocks to prevent you from moving forward, when you know that why you push through. And I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, mm-hmm. but it keeps you focused. It reminds you that it's bigger than you, you know, especially if you're yeah. moving in purpose, it's always bigger than you. And and to that point, you know, I, sh- I shared this in, in the, the next episode that I followed, the first one I published, 206, following A Time to Be Still. I, I had a conversation with a dear friend uh, who really helps people think about mental strength. And I, I opened up, came and talked about the year that I've had, you know, as a, as a as a black man, uh, as somebody from the Caribbean that had these uh, these hangups on on, and as much as I've had a million people on the podcast to talk about mental health, 
mm-hmm. I still had underlying issues with seeing a therapist wow. and, and addressing my own mental health. And I, uh, Steve Nehart is, is, was, uh, the, 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 the proud example coming into this year of hustle, right? <laughs> I, I am, I'm sitting in my office where, Hey, when them kids go to bed at eight o'clock, I'm back down here and I'm grinding on my podcast and I'm doing all the things that we talked about me doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I barely slept. And, and when things fell apart at the beginning of the year, um, I had to unplug. Right. And, and it wasn't just, I had to unplug. I needed to help some, I needed the, the help of someone to be able to function because it all came falling apart for me. And mentally I was not well. And so for the first time, you know, I had to realize, hey, nothing is wrong with seeking help to organize those thoughts, right? Uh, and, and I'm sharing that because in 2020, um, I, sh- I shared that episode a week ago, Kim, um, when we, we came back on the air and um, within two hours of that episode going live, I had people reach out to me uh, from all over that shared personal stories of them needing they're mentally exhausted because of all that's happening with the injustice and with the you know with the pandemic and with everything that 2020 has thrown at us um have not been taking care of themselves and i i am you know, shouting from the mountaintop that if that is you and you're listening to this right now, uh, it's important to know your why and to understand the long term, but you have to take care of you right now. Take uh, care of you. Yeah. You know, and, and so it is okay. It is okay, Kim, to, to unplug from the hustle and to give yourself permission to, to rest. Yes. I subscribe to rest. Um, at Manifest, we subscribe to Be Kind to Yourself. There is a group called the NAP Ministry. Mm. And if you are not familiar, you should definitely check them out. And what they talk about is the fact that that hustle, grind, grind mentality is actually ripping you from mm. the rest that is one of your natural given rights. So mm the way that they present it is that the grind mentality is an entire different form of you being enslaved Hmm. because you're not taking the time to rest because you're acting as a workhorse. Yeah. You're trying to get so much done and, you know, I'll let you go do your research and, you know, check them out, support them if you're into it. But I found it to be very interesting because I've always been a believer of, you know, you have to rest. You you can't do everything in 24 hours. You can't get everything done on your own. You have to take time for yourself. But like you, I have definitely been in positions where I'm tired, you know, and I'm like, I'm exhausted. There's a lot going on mentally. I need a break. Mm -hmm. And the break used to be travel. Well, guess what? What are you going to do? When Can't you- get on a plane. <laughs> what are you going to do when you can't do that? You have to find a different way of rest, you mm-hmm. know, and I've now 
learn to take rest in quiet time, disconnecting from, you know, all devices, um, listening to audio books, reading books, because nobody really reads anymore either, right? Mm-hmm. So like starting to, to read more books and learning that everything doesn't need to be on social media. Everything doesn't need to be a social moment. Mm-hmm. Just finding peace and recentering on what's important because it it really is important and it really does help you. Again, going back to what you said, clarify the why. Mm-hmm. It helps you to focus and it helps you to again, just stay in a position where you will be able to get through all that you have presented in your path when you are rested. When you, you are- need those margins. You, yeah. you, you can't you can't write nothing down if if the margins are full. If there's nowhere for you to write, if there's yeah. nowhere for you to allow yourself to receive uh, new in your cup so you can pour out. Um, you know, if it's all junk in your cup, there, there's no opportunity there for you to, to, to receive and to pour out. So, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I believe that we are all here to do some form of pouring and, you know, it allows us to receive. So it's rinse and repeat. You pour mm-hmm. out, I receive, same thing happens the next time around for someone else that's in, ne- that's in the next position as well. But I think one of the things I would like as we begin to wrap to, to ask you is because you've shared so much advice already, you've given lots of advice. <laughs> For those people that are on the fence of entrepreneurship, what would you say to them? Uh, I would say get off the fence. <laughs> <laughs> get off the fence and, and get clear, right? About um, you, you really need to, even coming back to the branding, um, you need to be clear on who it is that you want to serve. And a tip in that is you're not serving everyone. Um, if you're serving everyone, you're serving no one in particular. So get clear on um, who it is that you, you think you would ideally love to serve and solve a problem for. Because that's all entrepreneurship is, is that you're creating a solution to a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and beginning to test that out. I, I think that the challenge we have is we think, oh, you know, we have an idea. And 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 you you go and you spend tens of thousands of dollars building a business around an idea that you and you don't even know if there's anybody that wants an offering. <laughs> and so hey, you know, I created brand you for I had that idea. I had the idea in my head that, hey, you know what? There are so many people right now that are coming to me that have a great story to tell and they don't have the right substance with their branding. And instead of me going and creating this 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 course, I said, hey, I, I just announced it on the podcast. I was like, hey, I, 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 did, I did what I call um, ready, fire, aim. Um, you know, I just fired, right. I I jumped on a podcast and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and and create a beta course. And it's, it's going to be open on this day. Kim, I had nothing. (laughs) And, uh, I had almost two dozen people jump in, pay for the course at a, at a reduced price. And I literally built it as we went along. And it allowed me 
to get the feedback from the people that did that beta to then iterate and, and uh, you know, optimize and perfect. And it's, it's always a work in progress, but it didn't, it didn't take money out of my pocket. I wasn't in mama's, you know, money chest saying, Hey, I need to go build a course. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so somebody thinking about entrepreneurship, don't overthink it. Um, take the time, look at who it is that you want to serve. What's the problem you want to solve and jump out there. Don't wait until it's done. You wait till it's done. You wait too long. Jump out there in an imperfect state and see if you can solve that problem. Uh, you know, even if it's a reduced cost or you're not making any money in, you know, for, for the first couple go, goes at it, you're you're getting that input. You're getting that data back from that 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 intended uh, customer to allow you to to work on it a bit more. And, um, and get that confirmation that you might be going in the right direction. The other thing to keep in mind is don't, don't just create something that one person wants. You have to think of the scale, right? So um, you might create something that one person or 10 people or 100 people want, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have a business model. So you need to make sure that you can scale and, and make enough profit for that to be sustainable if, if you intend for that to be you know, a full-time bit down, downhill. Um, so there's a whole lot more we could talk about, but I think, you know, from a starting point, that's a great start place, starting place. I think it's an awesome starting place and I definitely can co-sign it, you Mm -hmm. know, no, especially around scale, knowing that so many people, they do have amazing ideas, but then when you start to really dig deeper, you're like, maybe this is not for everyone. Maybe this is just for your crew, (laughs) your crew of 10. Right. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that either. But exactly, you know, the the reality is that you just have to really do the work, and you have to, again, get clarity. I think clarity is going to be my new favorite word. And get sometimes, you know, Kim, you did you did as reading up about um, Carol's daughter. Oh, um, Lisa Price, yeah, Lisa Price, and hey, Lisa created her her stuff for herself, right? And for years, she wasn't thinking about selling it, and her mom was like, hey. You know, you should sell this. And and so sometimes we're overthinking it. We're not realizing, we're thinking that we need this big idea. And right. really, sometimes it's the smallest ideas that everybody else overlooks, right? <laughs> and you already have the inventory. You already have the skill and the knowledge and the solution that a lot of people want. So, you know, you, you probably need to inventory what you know. And, and again, get it on paper so you can see it. Stephen, I think you just told you were speaking to me. That was that was for me. That was <laughs> <laughs> that whole message was for me. Um, last question that I have for you before we go is: What are you manifesting? My book. All right, your book. <laughs> when can we look out for this? Because look, manifest is all about you know inspiring and empowerment and just making sure that people are held to whatever it is they are looking to do. But also we keep each other accountable and we support one another as well. So when can we look out for this book? I love it. So on my BHAGs, <laughs> <laughs> right. it was written uh, in June 2016 that by June 2022, All right. there was going to be a book. And so... I looked at that to someone. I said, "Hey, hey, buddy, 
you, you got two years. What are we doing? Got two years. So let's make it happen. And I'm sure it, it will happen. It is going to happen. It's it coming together. Happen. It's coming. And well, that's, I mean, come on now. It's coming together. That's a work in progress. That means it's definitely closer than you think. Yes. I think, <laughs> I think it's going to come sooner than that. I, I, I am believing it will. Um, but the deadline is 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 there, right? Um, right. And I will not get past that point. So no later than June 2022, the first book will the be first. published. All right. All right. <laughs> the first, that means there are others to follow. Thank you so much, Stephen, for joining Less Manifest. I hope you enjoyed your time sharing. Yes, I am definitely here for all that you're manifesting and I appreciate you chatting with me, but more than anything, I appreciate you telling your truth and just being authentic. I do feel nowadays that we don't get to see authenticity enough. And I do love that that's something that you want others to hone in on, right? Yes. For people to truly just be who they are and know that they're called to be the individual that they were created to be. You know, Absolutely. We, we have too many other people trying to be other people. There's nothing wrong with being the original. So I'm happy that that's where you are focused. And, you know, before we go, for everyone listening, quick and friendly reminder to share this podcast, leave a review, and connect with Stephen on all socials that will be in the episode notes. Until next time, let's manifest. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for listening to the Manifest podcast. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Share this with your family. Share this with your friends. Share this with your colleagues. Just share this with your entire community. And until next time, let's manifest.